Blog Talk Radio. that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear a heart apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. So glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go out to our chat room, which is available right now. You can send your comments, questions, or Leave a prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, 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 hello to my church family, True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 
Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who has tuned in and thank you for your continued prayers and support. I want to apologize for the late start, but I thank God for another opportunity to be here. Thank God for those who are listening. And today is something a little different. Um, I had a listener to give me a little situation that she was in. She was going to be on the line, but uh, she hadn't called in yet, but I do have a special guest that I would like everyone to welcome right now. Without further, without further moment ado, um, there's a young man who's been on the air, I believe, uh, two or three other occasions. His name is Mr. Timothy Green. Mr. Timothy Green on the line. Are you there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay, good, 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 good. I want to thank you for the time that you took out to be able to come and be with us. I want to tell you, um, today's topic pretty much comes from the situation that, excuse me, the listener was um, sharing with me. And today's topic is entitled False Advertisement. I was hoping that she would I'm gonna see if I can get a get in contact with her. But um for right now I'll just give you a little a little gist of it. Uh she was sharing with me that uh she met a young man uh very early on. He was saying the right things and she said that the first question that he asked was, Are you saved? And she told me that that first question by him asking her that it won her over because she said normally a guy wouldn't ask that, especially that being the first question. And so just to sum it up, because I want to make sure I save some room for her to be able to tell her story, pretty much she found out that Everything that God was for, he was against. And so she was wondering if she ended up reading things wrong or maybe he was uh, giving her false advertisement or did she miss key signs to make her be able to see the wolf within sheep's clothing. So just from that part, I want to open up an avenue for you, Minister Tim, to be able to uh, just share, even from whatever God laid upon your heart, just from what you've heard so far, and then um, anything else. And in the meantime, while you're speaking, I'm going to give her a text and see if I can have her to come on line also. All right. First of all, I just want to thank you for this opportunity to come on the airwaves. And thank you all your listeners for listening to us tonight. And we're going to deal with that topic, false advertisement. 
And uh, while we was, uh, while I was waiting on you to call, I began to look up some stuff. And most of the key words that they have in that is misleading, uh, any kind of misleading information, uh, anything that's not genuine and it's intentionally untrue, and uh, anything that alters truth or the use of it it's with the intention to deceive or mislead intentionally. And so what we have is is, is when we see false advertisement, the only reason they uh, get in trouble with the law because they did it intentionally to deceive people. And we know that the, the devil is the author of deception. He's the accuser of the brothers, and he's been deceiving since the beginning of time, even until now. And so what we have to do as Christians to prepare ourselves today is, especially when you're speaking to other folks, I always say we have to get an understanding. Most times we ask people questions, but then we don't question the answer. Other words, what I'm trying to say is that many times my definition of a word and your definition of words are totally on two different spectrums. And and today, you know, like you said, she asked, was he saved? Okay. Well, today salvation means a very a whole lot of different things now. You know, it's it, and I'm not talking about a biblical definition of salvation, but I'm talking about people's definition of salvation. Is it's I mean, it goes from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. So when we enter into even a friendship with people or even into a relationship with people, we have to understand, first of all, what is their definition of salvation? And if we don't ask these questions, then what? We get misled or we get confused in our own or we find out about it uh, on down the road when we didn't uh, almost literally went way into the relationship or the friendship, and we find out that we're not going in the same path. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? And so today we have to understand that we have to uh, come into agreement. The Bible said, we're two or three are gathered together in my name, and when we come into agreement, what agreement? Well, we didn't sit down, we didn't rationalize, we didn't talk over it, and our kindred spirits are the same, and we're going in the same direction. So now we are in agreement. But uh, many times when we look at things and people, I hear people all the time say that they were deceived, they were deceived. You were deceived because you didn't ask enough questions, and you didn't ask, uh, you didn't wait before you jumped head over foot uh, into the relationship or into the friendship. In today's society, we have to take our time going into anything. Uh, we take out more time when we're buying a house, when we're buying cars. We do more research. We do more everything. But when it comes to our daily, daily interaction with people, we move so quickly, and then we find out that we're hurt. In order to get hurt, you have to allow a person into your fellowship. If you haven't allowed them into the fellowship, then we see people doing everything all day long, but it doesn't bother us because they haven't entered into our friendship. But see, and so that's why we have to be careful 
we have to be real careful before we allow people. Uh, one scripture that I uh, used to tell people is the Bible says, lay hands quickly on no man. And to me, I interpret that, you know, as many different reasons, but I interpret it as, as this. In Old Testament, when they laid hands on people and they anointed them with oil, that means we set their approval of them. So what did they do? They took their time before they anointed people, in other words, laid hands on people. And so us as friendship, we should take our time and, and, and find out what people are really about. It's not that you're stuck up. It's not that you're, uh, and I don't think it's a word that's holding it now, but we've come up with that term because if you're holy, you're holy. Uh, it's no such thing as holding and die because if it was, you'd be in heaven. But right, right. Uh, it, it's not that you're stuck up. It's not that you're, uh, uh, you know, but you don't want to waste time with people whose intentions are to deceive you in, in the end. And when we realize this and we would take our time and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll enter into a relationship the proper way, not the secular way. And I think that when we get saved, we do too much stuff in our secular mind instead of our Christian mind. In other words, uh, Bible-backed Bible uh, biblical principles. When we use biblical principles, it gives us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding on how to do and deal with people. Now, it, it, you know, it's, it's sometimes we may miss out because we are not an experienced at uh, uh, discernment of the word that I really want to use, we don't have the discernment yet. We haven't built up that fact in our life. But many times we get hurt because we uh, go against sound advice. We go against uh, sound biblical principles. We go against uh, – uh, sometimes we even go against a feeling that we got that we, we know that we shouldn't be with this person, but we're overriding it with our carnality. And so we have to be careful in today's society because, I mean, Satan is not playing today. Satan has come, is just as the scriptures say in John 10 to 10, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And, you know, and somebody say, you're frightening me. Well, that should frighten you because that's what he said he comes to do. And so mm -hmm. when we understand this, we'll quit uh, rushing into things without getting sound advice, without uh, uh, praying about it without meditating about it and thinking it over so that we won't be uh, fooled by it because just like the devil, the devil when he when he came and talked to Jesus, he, I called him the smoothest rapper in town. He, he told him, he said, if you cast yourself down from this mountain, you know your daddy, he'll send thousands of angels to come and get you. If you dash your foot up again, what did he use? He used the word, but he twisted it. And that's the way people do today. They twist things. Why? Because they know what you want to hear, and so therefore they're twisted until you fall in love with what they're saying. And, and, but their underlying, uh, their underlying movement or their underlying thing that they're trying to do is to deceive you so they can get out of you what they want. And after they right. get what they want, uh, then what? Then they're, now you're hurt because they don't want you no more. And so we should take our times you know, that's my advice to everyone, to take our time and to stay rooted and grounded in Christ, and, and, and even with friendship. You know, your your friendship today, I think sometimes, I think some people have too many friends, or they believe that they have too many friends. 
I just put it that way, because they find out later that many of those that said that they were their friends really wasn't their friends. You know, yeah. you, you should have a, a, a associates. I learned that in the military, you should have associates, and then you should have what they call is friend. And so many people are just at an associate level to where we, we talk when we speak to them, but they're not that close. So I hope that I've said something that will help somebody out here on the line tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and I will say this: a lot of times, even when you're sharing that information, a lot of times people just associate it with people that are outside of the church. And then when you come down to dealing with people within the church, a lot of times we let our guards down because they may say something that may sound spiritual or biblical, but they're not paying attention to the fruit. We're not being proper fruit inspectors. And the Bible does tell us that we're supposed to what, try the spirit by the spirit, not our spirit, but God's spirit. Can you uh, share with us a little bit more about that? Yes, yes, yes. We, we should try the spirit by the spirit. And, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's the discernment. That's discernment. That's having discernment. But, but, but before we even do that, God has equipped us through his word. And when we read the word, we understand that even in biblical times, there was a lot of people in Bible days that was doing this very same thing. And then Jesus told us to arm ourselves, what? Likewise. Likewise. Yes. Okay? When, when Judas walked over and he kissed Jesus, what did he be doing? He, he deceived him by a kiss, but Jesus actually knew what was going on because he had discernment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he knew. He said, go ahead and do what you came to do. So now he, you know, a person that didn't have the discernment would thought, well, he's just giving me a friendly kiss. No, he was kissing him to let the people know that this was Jesus, the Christ. And so they even did this kind of thing to Jesus. They they used deception. And even even as far back as you go in Scripture, you find that the the first sin in the Bible, the first sin in the Bible was deception. What did the, the the serpent do to Eve? She deceived him by twisting something into what it was. Now, when we read Scripture in the New Testament, we have to understand that many of those Scriptures were written to who? The church. Now, why would Paul be talking about deception uh, 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 with sinners, but he wrote the letters to the church? So that tells us that what? There will be a lot of deception even in the church. In any mm-hmm. organization that you have, you will have people that really are not part of that organization. Uh, the right. Bibles tell us in one scripture that they shall come and make merchandise of the people of God. And that's what you have. People that are in in the gospel ministry or that are in the church for gain, in other words, greed, covetousness. They're in for what they can get out of the church, but not what they can put into the church. And so we have to, as Christians, we have to be sharp on this thing nowadays even more than ever before because there's many people in the church. And if you sit back instead of uh, uh, rushing in, as as, as, uh, Minister Prater just said, you can look at their fruit and tell, this is the way you can tell, that these people will deceive you if given the opportunity. Look at their fruit. Do they exemplify the fruit? The Bible, see, we say fruit, 
but the Bible call them all fruit, one fruit. In other words, if you possess one, you possess them all. You can't see, you either save or you're not saved. Now, I know this is not the message that people want to hear because this is not what they're preaching nowadays. You, you, can't, mm-hmm. you can't be both. You can't be right. both. You know, I can't say that I'm a saved sinner. You, there's no such thing. The, the words don't even come out right. You're mm-hmm. either saved or you're not saved. So if we look at the fruits of people, do they have the fruit of love? Do they have the fruit of the, uh, 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 peace? Do, uh, are they uh, they a peace breaker? Um, you know, are they trying to make peace, or they always got something going on? And so we have to look at these type of things that people are doing and sit back and analyze them, and then we understand that what now that person there is not the person that I thought they were. And it's not that you you're trying to be uh, judgmental, but you're trying the Bible say what guard your heart, and that's what we have to do. We have to sit and analyze. And guard our hearts so that we don't get the hurt or that we won't be misled by people because there's people out to try to do all kinds of things in the church today, and we're allowing it because we're not prayed up, we're not fasted up, and we're not searching the scriptures so that we can find uh, what's what in the church and what's going on in the church. And, you know, and, I, and, and now, you know, it's kind of hard to say that. Many people say that they have uh, church hurt, and I gave. I, I think I did a post the other day about church hurt, and I told people, I said, you know, I've never seen a church get up and slap somebody. I've never seen a church get up and sleep with somebody. I said, we have to remember that those were people that those done those things to you. It wasn't the church. See, because Christ's true church is still Christ's true church. It was people that misled you, and it was people that harmed you, just as it was people in the world that misled you or harmed you. And we have to understand that, or we'll get a false representation of the church. God's church is still the hope of the glory. God's church is still on the throne. God's church is still doing what it's supposed to do. But we have to we have to separate people from the church. And so that we'll understand that it was that person that done that to me. And I'm going to let you speak a little bit, Brother Joe. Are you still there? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to let you speak a little bit. No, please please continue. They they need to know. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to continue on that. See, the enemy wants to do today is to keep us from going to church. So he'll make you think that you was church hurt. But in all actuality, you was people hurt. A person that said he was part of the church did this to you. But now you should thank God that you found out who they were and learned from that. And once you mm-hmm. learn from that, you'll be a better, better person to not mm-hmm. to let your guards down just because somebody say they in the church, just because mm-hmm. somebody behind a pulpit preaching, just because somebody's wearing a cross and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, uh, I just put it to you this way. A person can have a toolbox in their garage. Does that make them a mechanic? No. no their fruits of what they're doing make them a mechanic. Otherwise, mm-hmm. if I bring my car to them and they 
use their toolbox and repair my car, then what? Now I can say they're mechanic. And that's the right. same way it is with any other profession, Christian or whatever you want. It, 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 it's not the Bible that they have in their hand. It's not the cross that they have on their neck. It's not them being at church on Sunday or, or whatever they do, singing in the choir, whatever that makes them, uh, that qualify them as a Christian. It's, the, it's, the, it's what they produce out of all of those things. And if they're mm-hmm. not producing what we call fruit, then then, then they're, they're not who they say they are. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the Bible says faith without works is dead. And so we, we we got to have both. We got to have faith and we got to have works. So what, what works do? Works is something that's producing something. And so if we live this life on earth, we may make mistakes, but as a Christian, we're steady trying to produce. We're trying to produce goodness. We're trying to see our neighbor right. We're trying to uh, see our sisters and brothers that no harm come to them and all this kind of stuff. But but we, we, we rush into things so quickly now, and then we begin to get hurt. We search, we search and we look for churches that are telling us what we want to hear. And don't realize that it's false advertisement, as you, you just been saying. It's all false advertisement. Why? Yeah. Because many of them just want to get your offering, or many mm-hmm. of them are, are doing all kinds of ungodly things. So we have to seek out a, a church or, or, or something that is trying to what, feed our souls. And sometimes feeding your soul hurts mm-hmm. because they're not telling you what you want to hear. They're telling you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, brother. No, no more. I really appreciate you saying that. And what I found out a lot of time, even for those who might have been hurt, make sure I'm taking that up. For those that might have been hurt within the church, a lot of times the devil would want us to be able to focus on the hurt so that way we can have that unforgiveness in our spirit and then we become the person that we end up being hurt by. And what happened, just like how we were hurt, then next thing you know, that spirit latches on, that unforgiveness turned into bitterness, and then we become somebody just like them, and we begin to hurt someone like we were hurt. And not realizing a lot of times people, what people don't realize, sometimes that particular hurt that you experience, when you give it to God and you go through the process of being healed, what happened, a lot of times people who may have been going through the same thing or will be going through the same thing that you went through, you'll be able to properly help them or properly minister to them because a lot of times what happened, what we go through, that's, that's where our ministry end up being in. So uh, yes. you can elaborate on that. Uh uh you have a lot of people today. Uh, I, I just start from the beginning. Uh, uh, a, a lot of churches that I've done research or that I know about, I call them uh, bitter churches. And the reason I call them bitter churches is because of how they were formed. Mm-hmm. And so everything depends on how you was formed. They tell me, I don't know this for a fact, but doctors say and psychologists say that uh, when a baby's in the womb, that's the time that we want to talk to the baby and use wise saying and play uh, uh, soothing music 
and because we're shaping their personality in the womb. We're shaping mm-hmm. who they are in the womb. And so uh, when the baby comes here, it becomes what you was pouring into them while they was in the womb, okay? Now, a, a lot of churches, to get back to what I was saying, a lot of churches, uh, somebody fell out with somebody, and they went out and started a church out of all that bitterness that they had. You, you follow me here? Out of all of that bitterness that they had, they went out and just started a church. And then if you go to that church, then you find out what? That they're preaching that bitterness and that hate in that church. And so, therefore, now everybody that comes picks up that, what were you just talking about, that same spirit, spirit right. of bitterness and hatred. And they don't know why. It's because they're drinking it in the womb while they're babes in Christ. They're drinking it, their bitterness from that person. Many times you have people that's up over people that's been hurt by a man, and then when they, and they they become a pastor. Most time it's, it's it's women that become a pastor. And I'm not just picking on women because men do the same thing, but they they become bitter. And when they get up, and you can tell when they're in their presentation, they down men so hard. Many of them have women retreat, and they go on a retreat. And I, I've been to some of them, and they spend the whole time. Bashing men. <laughs> that is not a retreat. That's a bitter woman that's been hurt <laughs> and that and, and haven't moved over to the love of Christ to forgiveness. See, we have to forgive every hurt that has come to this body or we can't be healed. And then we'll go around and hurting others because we're not healed yet. And we'll never reach our full potential. We'll never find our true love. We'll never find all the things that God has for us because we are bitter and we haven't allowed ourselves to be healed. And, and these especially people that go in and out of relationships, they keep going in and out and they keep bumping their head and doing the same things because they haven't allowed themselves time to be healed. It's kind of like a scar, a wound. If I keep every time it starts healing, if I keep pulling the the uh, what they call it off, uh, the scab off, then that scar is not really going to heal, right, because I keep pulling the scab off. And that's what many of us are doing today is to, when Christ is trying to heal us or when we're in a place of healing, what do we do? We keep pulling every time we run into somebody that resembles them, then what? It's our mind flipped and we're back, back to where we were. Yeah, that's what he did to me, or that's what she did to me, or that's what they did to me, and I'm not taking it. And so what? We just become, we spend a life of bitterness, a life of bitterness, you know, instead of uh, going into a life of Christ, going into a life of love, learning how to forgive, learning how to let go of what happened. Just thank God for all the things. See, we've seen some of the things that people have done to us, but just think about it. What if God would allow us to see all the things that people tried to do to us, but God shield us from it and protect us from it? So, you know, I count everything as a blessing. If you just had one hurt, just think what if God would allow a thousand hurts to come your way, you know, because there's things that, that God shield us from that we don't even know nothing about. We could have had uh, millions of hurts that was coming our way, but God protected us for it. So when we just have one, we need to thank God and say, Lord, I thank you that you didn't allow even more than this to come to my life. 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and begin to forgive and begin to forget and to move on with life because once you move on, then you're ready for the next level or the next stage or the next realm where God wants to take you to. But we can't get there with bitterness. We can't right, get there right. with unforgiveness, and we can't get there if we go to every church looking uh, uh, looking to them with a false present, false presentation, in other words, a false pretense. When we mm-hmm. look at people this way, there are going to be in the Christ, the body of Christ, Christ already told us uh, in the, in the uh, Greek word, as they call it a uh, hypocrite. And when you look up that word in the Greek, it means actors or pretenders. Right. And the Bible told us that there would be many hypocrites among us. So what? Many actors, many pretenders will be amongst us. And so the uh, Bible told us to arm ourselves likewise. It tells us to pick up our cross daily and follow him. In other words, when we hurt, okay, I'm hit, I'm wounded, just like they do on the battlefield. What do they do? They take that hot iron when they get shot. They take that hot iron and stick it in the fire, and they slap it on that wing to stop that bleeding, and they keep going on. They, they, they just keep moving on. They don't, they don't think about themselves. See, when we are selfish and self-motivated, all we can do is think about ourselves, how I was right. hurt. Uh, how what happened to me, or what, and we just I I I I I. But the Bible tells us to what? The Scripture tells us to think of others more than we even think of ourselves. And so we have to look at people. When people hurt us, we have to look at those are people that need more love than ever. The meanest person in the world needs more love, needs more Christ than you. And we have to look with people with spiritual eyes to where we would say that I'm just going to pray for that person because that person needs Jesus. And, I, mm-hmm. and, you know, we have to look in, in the spirit of what's going on. We can't look in our natural. We can't think about our flesh because this flesh is going to decay. And so God is going to ask us, what did you do with the talent that I gave you? What did you do with the things that I gave you? What did you do at the time? Did you pray for those that were despitefully misused you? Did you pray for your enemy? See, and many people see, uh, many people say that they, they're angry with their spice, the spouse, and they want divorce, and they want out, and they want this. And I know there are different circumstances where there's a need for divorce, but the, God didn't even give us an out in that because he said if, 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 your, if your husband has now become your enemy, then he says what? Pray for your enemy. Pray for those that spitefully misuse you. And so we have to begin to learn how to look at everything in the spirit. And what is the spirit? We've got to see that we want everybody to be saved, even if they're so-called to be our enemy or whatever. We want them to be saved. We want them to be filled with the precious Holy Ghost. That person right now that's listening to me right now, you still got unforgiveness in your heart. You still got unforgiveness in your heart right now for a person. You need to begin to pray for that person and watch yourself be healed. Begin to pray for that person. Pray that God will save them and pray that God will fill them with the Holy Spirit. Amen. That they will not continue on to hurt other folks. But pray for those that despitefully misuse you and say, Lord, wherever it is, the, the, the scripture said, the one person in the Bible said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Even when I'm going through the prayer, I may be going through just a routine because it's really not part of me yet. But if I, I guarantee if you continue to pray for that person, if you continue in to do the things what God have told us to do. See, because the weapons of our warfare are not calm, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strong hope. 
So we don't think like Christ. That's why we have to take our mind and let it be transformed. We always think that I'm going to get them back, I'm going to get them, I'm going to get them, I'm going to do what I need to, but that's not the way God wants us to do. When we begin to think like that, we should know that we're in the spirit of the enemy right there. We're in the devil's territory. And we're no match for Satan. What should we be saying? I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray that they get saved. I'm going to continue to pray that they get saved. I'm going to continue to pray that they get delivered. I'm going to continue to pray that they be healed, be set free, and delivered. And when we move into these moves, we're moving into a stage of maturity to where we can handle some more things. Or we're really mm-hmm. true soldiers, and we're in the battlefield, and it doesn't matter if we get hit with shrapnel. It doesn't matter if we get hit with a grenade. We're just going to patch ourselves up, and we're going to keep on going because this place is not our home. This is not where we're trying to go. We're trying to make it to heaven. And the only way we can make it to heaven, he said, if you forgive others, even as I forgive you, then we can make ourselves to, to heaven. And that's what we have to understand. We have to forgive. It was commanded of us to forgive. And the Bible says, the Bible tells us, he said, if you love me, then you'll what? You'll do my commandments. And so if we love Christ, then it shouldn't be grievous for us to do his commandments. If we mm-hmm. love Christ, it shouldn't be grievous to fall in line and fall into obedience and do the things of God. See, because what we have to understand is flesh is going to always go against the things of Christ. Flesh is going to always go against the things of Christ. And we cannot make our flesh do this without this without accepting the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to make that change in our life to where our burdens will be light. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will come in and soothe us and calm us down. And the Holy Spirit will give us wisdom and insight. The Holy Spirit will... Uh, it would tap on our spirit and let us know, hey, hey, hey now, you, you don't need to be doing that. You know, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. That's what he does daily. The Holy Spirit would tell us that, you, hey, hey, you need to repent now. You need to repent mm-hmm. for that thing. Mm-hmm. And when we begin mm-hmm. to move into these areas of forgiveness, you know, if we read and study scriptures, and any time in, 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 when there was a great revival, any time there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, when they went into total repentance, in other words, asking for forgiveness and forgiving others, that was when they received the greatest move of God through, oh, through by asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. And when we do this, we will begin to see God move in our life. When we begin to ask for forgiveness, that person that's been divorced for 15 years, you still haven't forgive that man of what he done to you, and you're still holding that bitterness in your heart. You need to forgive right now. That person that was hurt by a church or whatever you want to call it, and you're still holding that, you need to ask for forgiveness right now and ask God to move that thing and take it away from you right now. The person that, that, that was on the line that was talking to Minister June about what was happening to them, uh, the only thing I can tell you is to learn from it and to add, begin to ask God for forgiveness for the things that you've cu- uh, cuddled down in your heart and the things that you're holding against it. Release that thing. We, we release it right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's where we find our freedom, through releasing those things that the enemy is trying to keep going on in our minds so that we can't think straight. 
We can't meditate right. We can't even meditate on the scriptures. We can't even do anything right because he keeps playing a movie over and over in our mind. And that's what the enemy want to continue to do is to keep playing that movie over and over in your mind. So you have to begin to rebuke that thing and to get that thing out of your mind. And just said, Lord, I thank you for delivering me right now. I thank you for bringing me out of this right now. I I I know, you know, it, 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 it's it's just a trick of the enemy. That's all we have to say. It's the enemy. The enemy can get in anybody at any given time, Minister June. It can get yeah. in me and make me do something to you. It can get in you and make me and make you do something to me. That's why we have to be mindful of the presence of the enemy when he's in the midst. And we, the Bible said that we, we rebuke him. It said we resist the devil, and he shall what? Flee. In other words, we don't, we don't try to get no shattered match with the devil. We don't try to get no argument with the devil. We don't try to match wits with the devil. What we do, we go into our weapon of warfare that's mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. We begin to pray. That's what saints do. We begin to pray. We begin to uh, cast out demons. And we begin to call things that are not as though they were in order that what we can stay delivered and stay set free in order that God can keep blessing in our lives. Yes. It's back to you, man. Yes. Thank you for sharing. I want to bring out, because a lot of times people, people think when you forgive somebody, you have to automatically trust them at the same level that you did before they did what they did. And I always tell people, just because you forgive someone, that does not mean that you have to trust them. A lot of times people just think, well, you know, um, if, if you if you really forgive me, you got to trust me. No, 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 no. First of all, forgiveness, like you said, God commanded us to forgive. But also trust is earned. And that's where a lot of times we get it mixed up at. We often hear even when people say, well, you know, uh, I don't respect them. You know, they got to earn my respect. The answer is no. You automatically respect the person, but respect is free. Trust is earned. And most of the time people get it mixed up. And sometimes people may have gotten hurt because they have it switched. They make people earn their respect, but they give trust for free. If we start looking at it how God have us to do it, we'll have the peace that we need to be able to see things from God's perspective. So if someone does hurt us, then we forgive them. But like I said, just because we forgive them, that does not mean that we automatically give them the, if you want to say, right hand of fellowship right where they were before they hurt us. Now, also on the same token, even when it comes down to that that enemy, a lot of times we focus so much either on that unforgiveness or even on that enemy, a lot of times we miss the blessing that God has for us because not understanding that that's the distraction that the devil is trying to do. You know, we often hear that, that uh, scripture says, you know, he prepares a table in the presence of our enemy. And there's so many people that focus so much on their enemy that they forget the table. Not realizing that the table is for you, but the devil wants you to focus so much on your enemy that you miss the table that's spread out for you. So God trying to get us into the mindset of, number one, giving everything to him, the hurt, the unforgiveness, even the mistrust that you might have had broken. 
Give those things to God, and then when you have that enemy in front of you, number one, they're an enemy because of what they did, but you understand that it's not really them, but it's the spirit that's operating behind them, that's behind the scene, that's trying to make you forfeit everything that God has for you. You know, I found out that a lot of times when you begin to start having problems or situations or stuff like that, like crazy things happen and it's no fault of your own, we have to look at it. That's a spirit. The devil wants us to look at it from a carnal mindset and look at not the spirit, but look at the individual. And as long as we look at the individual, we're going to always miss what God has for us. I want to. Uh, I want to do this. You, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, you said the key word is trust, and uh, I'm gonna read you Michael seven, Michael seven chapter five through eight. It says, "Put no trust in this ESV version. Put mm-hmm. no trust in your neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of uh, of your mouth from her who lies in your arms." It, it, even the woman or the, or the man that lies in your arms, it says, God, it says, God, your words. And so if you keep reading on this, for the son threats the father who contempts, and the daughter rises up against the mother. The, uh, so in uh, other words, God has never told us to put our trust in men. It said it's, it's better to take refuge, Psalms 118 and 8, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in man. Why? Because Man's nature is built to what? To deceive you. It's deceive. built to to, to to do all these things. That's in our nature. That's why we don't put trust. We respect. That's character. We respect. Mm-hmm. That's character. We love you. That's part of our character as a, as a, 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 a attributes, if you will, as a Christian. We love you. But that doesn't mean that, you know, uh, I'm going to give you the keys of my Cadillac and let you go down the road, and I ain't asked you if you got no driver's license or anything. You see you see what I'm saying? I just put it just plain like that. We have to ask questions. We have to do research. We have to do whatever we have to do but, uh, before we, uh, we uh, people have to earn themselves to come into our trustness. See, because it, it takes years to build trust, but you can tear it down overnight. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Now I want to say this. Um, we we have a couple of listeners on the air that have been waiting patiently, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to give them an opportunity. They can uh, ask questions or comment or whatever the law lay upon their heart. We're going to start with this first caller. Hello, welcome to Reaching Out My Heart podcast. You're on the air with myself, Brother Prater, and Minister Timothy Green. Hi, um, am I on the air? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How are oh, you guys awesome. Today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. We're doing great. We're doing well, great. Awesome. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> it's good to hear a response because it, it confirms that I am I'm definitely on the air. I'm not used to being on the air. But, um, yeah, because you have me. Um, I wanted to just, I didn't have a question, but I wanted to just kind of, I guess, chime in a bit and uh, what, Brother Timothy Green was saying, and what you are also saying, Brother Jim, that um, the discernment really does help 
play a part in choosing relationships and to forgive and to see people as God sees them and not as we see them or as we want to see them in the flesh because oftentimes I think we don't surrender to the spirit. We surrender Mm -hmm. to our own emotions. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times when um, our feelings and our emotions, especially anger and bitterness, even though bitterness isn't technically an emotion, a lot of times when our emotions are turned up, the Holy Spirit's vocal volume, his voice is turned down. And he doesn't scream at us. He really talks really softly, and uh, because of that, we have to be, it's a must. We as Christians, as believers, we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit because if we don't and if we miss his voice, we miss a big opportunity. We can miss even opportunities to forgive sooner than what we would like. And that's why it's very important to surrender to his spirit all the time and to stay in tune and connected with him all the time throughout the day because a lot of times we miss the little things that he tries to tell us, which can impart or in turn affect our big areas of our lives. So I really did, um, I enjoyed listening to you guys and really um, just wanted to, I guess, chime in and add in my little two cents. <laughs> but, um, yes, I mean, I thought about even First Corinthians 2.16 where it says we do have the mind of Christ. Where it says who thinks like God, basically saying that we have the mind of Christ, but we can't tap into that spirit when we keep giving into our flesh. And we might have the mind. We were created with the mind of Christ, but a lot of times we don't realize that or we don't tap into that spirit because we're too busy doing giving into distractions and giving into even the wrong kind of relationships and being mm-hmm. unequally yoked and not necessarily with that significant other relationships, but with, you know, general relationships, but even with familial or fam, uh, family relationships. It's, it's right. very important to be equally yoked and stay in tune with the um because we do with the Holy Spirit, because we do have the power to, we do have spiritual power. It's the power to just demolish any kind of strongholds that somebody or something might have on us. So that's very important. Yes, yes, yes. It's very, it's it's very important. And to put it uh, simple, is that if three people are jumping in the car and one's going to Michigan and one's going to Texas and another's going to Canada, then they don't have the same mission in mind to while they're traveling together. Yet mm-hmm. we, hey, man. You know, yes. we, we as people, we'll jump in on the same thing, and when we listen to people, people are not going in the same direction that we're going in. That's whether it's a business relationship. That's whether it's a, you know, a husband and wife. You're trying to be a, you get married, find a spouse, spouse, or whatever it is in life. If 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 one is going to Michigan and other is going to Canada, then that's going to delay your trip. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you got to go around the roundabout way to get there. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yes. so, so you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even get on a plane that okay you want to go here but they're going to take you way to Canada and then bring you back to Michigan. <laughs> you wouldn't want that ticket. That's why I don't do standby tickets. <laughs> Sometimes they can get out the way to get where you're going. You know, and so we as people we have to look at this even because Bible says it gives us wisdom. We have to look at this the same way and see the wisdom and the understanding will play a key part in our life. But many times we don't sit down and, and let the Lord uh, put that part in our spirit, the wisdom. Because I mean, just even not just just by hearing what I just said, that's that's wise counsel. You wouldn't get in a car with somebody going in three or four different places, and you got to be at somewhere at a certain time. That would be a waste of your time, wouldn't? It? 
So and Absolutely. We, have look at, we have to look at that, and and that's what the unequally yoke. I mean, it goes further. It's a it's a broad spectrum of what what it could lead to. You know, many times we only do it is just with married couples, but it goes in every relationship that we have. If you got a friend that's not trying to get towards Christ, you need to drop him because why? Eventually, he's going to take you in the wrong direction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can we can we we can speak to people. I'm not trying to be say be antisocial and all that, but I'm talking about confidence. They're not right. they're not trying to get the Bible study. So what they gonna do? They gonna hinder you. They're not trying to get to church on Sunday. They gonna hinder you. They're gonna be a distraction to you. I don't care how strong you are in the Lord. People are sent from the enemy to be a distraction, to be a hindrance to your growth in Christ. And when you find that people are doing the same thing to you over and over again, then you what? It's time to say, okay, I'm going to cut my ties because they're really not speaking to the Lord. They're just trying to hinder me, and i got to get moving on because I'm trying to go with Christ. Go ahead, Brother Joe. Okay. No, no, no. I'm, I'm enjoying. Listen, I'm I'm just yeah. listening and enjoying yeah. both <laughs> wise individuals uh, and also more than two cents. You can go ahead with a dollar twenty-five. Go ahead. Okay, I, I give you this one for you. <laughs> Have you ever noticed when you really start fasting and praying that uh, the enemy will send somebody back in your past, and they'll call you out of nowhere, and you're like, "How did you get my number? How do you know where I'm at?" And then they'll say, "Hey, I'm in town, and I just want to." Go out to eat with you, uh, uh, blah blah blah, uh, whatever. Not today, now, Satan. Wonder, huh? <laughs> no, not today, Satan. No. <laughs> but but have you ever noticed? I tell people all the time after I get through praying and we've been in a hot service. I tell people, I say, now look, when you leave here tonight, I said probably even before the night's over, maybe in the morning, somebody's gonna call you out of your past, mm-hmm. and they're gonna want you to go out to eat with them. And I, mm-hmm. and I say, you know what they do is that they always say the tables are full. Let's sit at the bar, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay? Because they know you used to drink and you don't want nothing to do with drinking no more. So they sit at the bar and then they have. Well, you don't have to drink. I'll just drink, okay? And then what are they doing? They're in, they're trying to entice you to sin, and so that's mm-hmm. why you have to say when when they come, that's just a testimony of what I'm telling you. You say, oh, Lord, thank you. I was warned just in time. <laughs> and mm-hmm. because I, it never fails that every time you, you're, in, you're moving towards God, somebody will call out of your past. I don't know what it is. It could be a girlfriend, a boyfriend, somebody out of your past. They will call. They'll find your number. Some call. I say the devil will give them your number. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll call you, and then they'll say, you know, I had somebody out of my past call the other day. I used to play in nightclubs, and somebody called out of my past the other day trying to get me back in the nightclub playing. <laughs> I heard from them in a long time, and they called the other night. I'm like, okay, how did this joke get my So I understand what that is. That's the devil. Mm-hmm. See, And that's what mm-hmm. we need to understand, that the devil is always going to try to get you back uh, or distract you or to get you back to doing what you used to do. And so we have to understand that and we have to know that. Wow. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. It's always. That's a prime example of discernment. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. you have yeah. to know anytime 
that when you really start seeking God, many times we'll, we'll try to call it a trial or tribulation. No, you didn't use wisdom. <laughs> right. Because first of all, you should ask, now how did this don't get my number? How did he know where I'm at? You know, it's been years since I've, you know, talked to him. You know, and then, and then if another unsaved one gave me a number and another unsaved one gave you a number, then you know there's a whole lot of unsaved folk trying to get you back unsaved. Mm-hmm. So you need to, that's what you need to say. Not today, say not today, not today, and keep moving on. Because we don't understand the Bible. We say people say that Jesus, uh, he ate with the sinners and he did all of that with the sinners. Might I point this out to you? In Jesus' day, the marketplace would be like Walmart. I'm just bringing it up to our time today. See, because they was always in the what the marketplace. That's where they bought fish, they bought food. So, yeah, he had no choice. The city wasn't as big as Dallas. You know, it's it's a small community that they all sit around and they ate. Now, but when we look at it, if Jesus ate with the sinners and he did all of that with the sinners, how come he never invited any of them to his house? Do we read it? Well, I mean, he ministered to them, but that was about it. He didn't hang with them. There's a difference. He stood out. His life was different. That's the difference. That's the difference. He didn't hang with them. He only invited, out of all his disciples, he really didn't invite three of them to his house. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, see, so so you know we have to we have to look at things the way Jesus did. Jesus understood. He he knew that some of you know some of them just you, you can only you, you can only do so much with them, and then you got to mm-hmm. know when to cut that part off. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the that's, other one you can put a little bit more further on the trip. Okay, and you know you got okay. That's when I can cut them off. And then there's just a few. There's a, just a few that you can take all the way with you. There's just a few you can take all the way with you. Was that enlightenment mm-hmm. to you? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> kind of got me a little bit speechless over here. I'm just kind of letting it resonate a little bit. That is very that is deep. And a lot of people mm-hmm. miss that. And I think even what you were saying earlier about the discernment, about, um, you know, allowing somebody to call you up out of nowhere, somebody from your past, and a lot of times that's what the red flag, that the Holy Spirit wants to test us a lot and see if we're still abiding in him and allowing him to abide in us, because if he is, and we are on the up and up, we can be delivered and be saved and, well, not just, I mean, saved, but I mean be delivered from whatever we used to deal with. But the Lord a lot of times will allow Satan to mess with us and give him permission to mess with us just to see if we're paying attention. And like you said, you know, a lot of times if you are listening, you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, then you would know automatically off the bat, no, that person, I could see me going to some bar, I could see me sitting up here or whatever, and, you know, this happened. He will be able to show you. A lot of times the Holy Spirit does show you what can happen in the future, but a lot of times we just kind of, we think it's a thought of our own and it's not. And we just ignore it. And we say, oh, well, you know, uh, we second-guess ourselves. And oftentimes when we second-guess ourselves, we're arguing with the Holy Spirit. We don't even realize it because he gives mm-hmm. us a thought that's not our own. So he tells us initially what not to do, what to do. And he actually works with our frontal lobe, and that's the decision-making part of our brain. He works with it. He's actually our frontal lobe, but we don't realize it. So we kind of either we second-guess ourselves or we say, oh, that's not not God, or just kind of ignore it. The next thing you know, the first thing he brings to your mind when you do ignore it is what he first brought to your mind in the first place. Does that make sense? 
Yes. So uh, uh, what you what you're saying is what I always say, and and, and listen to this. God is in control, but he's not controlling. Hmm. Did y'all catch that? That's a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. He mm-hmm. gives us a free will. That's the amount of free right. will that you're talking about and where see, he's so, not going to so, make you do anything. See, yeah. See, a lot of people a lot of people just leave it that God is in control, and they think that that releases them from having any control themselves. Mm-hmm. See, so you have to go study a step further than that. Yes, God is in control, yes. but he's not controlling. So I have to make some decisions on my own. And mm-hmm. so what? Uh, I seek the Bible, I, I do it the way the Bible tells me. It says in much uh, counsel is much what? Wisdom. So I have to do mm-hmm. it the Bible way. I have to do everything the Bible way. And then what? Through his spirit and through his word, now I've been controlled by God because I'm being controlled by uh, the knowledge that he's put in my head and the wisdom that he's given me and the Holy Spirit is inspiring me and giving me intellect on. I'm going by that instead of going by what my flesh is telling me. See, see, in the garden, here's another for you. In the garden, this is why we can't, we, 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 we can't understand. A lot of people say, when I ask people, uh, uh, they always say God is good, and I tell them uh, I, I'll shoot to the end and I'll come back. I said, no, I said good comes from God, <laughs> and they don't understand that. I said, uh, they said God is good. I said, no, good comes from God. I said, in the beginning when God made something, what did he say? And it was good. Okay, right. now we're going to mm-hmm. fast forward to the, to the woman in the, in the garden, right? When she ate of the apple, what did she say? She said it was good. They say apple, but it's whatever it was. Uh, she mm-hmm. said it was good. It, she said it was good, right? Mm-hmm. So that tells mm-hmm. us that man's uh, insight on good could never equal to what God is saying good. So we even have to be careful with our good because what we think is good can be the total opposite of what God thinks is good. And so the only way we can get good is it has to come from God. Right, right. So yeah, I hope that didn't wasn't too deep. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with you. So, so you know, Paul told us that in this flesh dwells what? No good thing. No no good. See, there's the word good again. And so the honest way we can, honest way we can uh, come to good uh, or any type of, uh, 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 because there's nothing flawless on this earth anyway, so we might well just admit mm-hmm. that you can go get a diamond, the best diamond in the world, and they look it under the microscope and it still got some flaws in it. So God yeah, never exactly. intended for us to be, it, it, God never intended for us on earth to be flawless. When we read the words about to be perfect for I am perfect, when we look at that word perfect, you know, everybody's saying that I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect, I'm not perfect. But when you look it up in the Greek, the word perfect that we see in the Bible is not the same perfect that we see in the dictionary. The perfect word, the perfect in the dictionary means to be flawless. Now, God made everything, and the diamonds are not what? They're not perfect. Man is not perfect. Nothing on earth is flawless. So what was he talking about? He was talking about being mature. Right. And when we when we are Christ, when we are in Christ, the word perfect, when he say be perfect, for I am perfect, we are mature. In other words, uh, sister, if I, if I sin, uh, if I 
uh, do you harm, then I'm going to what? Repent. I'm going to be a mature enough person to repent to you, and I'm going to see. That's why Paul did all of that teaching. See, it comes to you if you just wrote it out a little bit. All that teaching he done on by being the mature person, all the stuff, by desiring the sincere word and the milk of God. What was he talking about? Coming into maturity, coming into maturity to where you can walk in perfection. And see, so every time I tell people, every time you say that you're not perfect, I'm talking about biblically perfect, what you're mm-hmm. saying is that you're not mature. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See? And mm-hmm. so Basically what you're saying is obeying the spirit. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> o- obeying, go ahead. Yeah, obeying, obeying the spirit. And many times we don't see because the spirit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've always been a person that knew when to leave. Even when I was in the world, you know, there comes a time when you're at a place and you can see things kind of get stirring up a little bit. And I'm the one. I'm gone. Everybody else look around mm-hmm. for me. I'm gone. And I never got in no trouble because I know when to leave. And see, and that's the same kind of discernment we got to have today. Whenever we go to somebody's house, amen. And when they start and they start easing in the stuff, you know, some of them start cranking that music up. Some of them start doing this. See, I can go to the family union, but when they get like that, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, uh, wherever I go. Great example. See, <laughs> if we as Christians, we have to know when to leave. We can go and let our light shine. Say hallelujah, talk about Jesus, but when they start to try to get crumped or whatever, we got to know when to leave. Because if we don't, I don't, I, like I say, I don't care what kind of Christian you are, how strong you are, they have a way, because there's a devil for every level for everybody. Right, they have right. a way of, of <laughs> yes. doing things that would make you, it, 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 it might, might not make you backslide, but it might make you have to go home and repent for something that you really, all you had to do was leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Satan is subtle. He wants you to believe that. He yeah. wants you to believe that it's okay to hang around with certain people because you're going to influence them. They're not going to influence you. But what is he? He's the father of lies, the author of confusion. He wants mm-hmm. you to believe that as a Christian. He wants you to believe that it's okay to stand with this person and hang. No, because you're not standing out. If as long as you're not saying anything for Christ, if you're not standing up for Him, or if he wants to, sometimes Satan even wants to punk you into getting into a debate. About Christ, and you can't debate mm-hmm. souls to Christ. You gotta win them over with love, with God's love. And a lot of people think that, oh, if I don't prove this, if I don't know everything in the Bible, if I get into a debate, speak about really myself, because I've been sucked into debates before, um, non-religious versus religion uh, debates, and it's always it never ends well. And it's like no party really wins. A lot of times, like you said, and you said leave. Sometimes it doesn't mean physically getting up and leaving. A lot of times it means when to knowing when to, using discernment when to leave a situation alone, when to leave a conversation. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know it's why not sometimes, but it's always to me is wise when you listen to the Holy Spirit and let Him and He lets you know, okay, this conversation is going to go down south, or He even shows you a little bit like, okay, you know where this is going. He He gives you the discernment to sense even where it's going, whether it's going into a, a, just a non-sinful a way or just a way that's not about Christ at all. And it's like, okay, well, now you're just going to have to, you have to leave now. So when you don't obey that spirit, like you said, again, it's going to be where you end up suffering the consequences. We can choose whatever sin we want to do. We just can't choose the consequences and the results of those of our actions. Yeah, because, see, what usually happens, what you're talking about is that the person that's in the conversation with you, they'll get louder and louder and louder. Mm-hmm. And 
So now you're ruining your witness because you're still standing there and it looks like you're arguing with that person. Mm-hmm. Instead of just okay, when they before they got loud, I'm out. <laughs> you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, and that's what we have to be honest. When people when people want to uh, start going there, I'm out. I'm gone. Just leave it like that, and then I don't even get into those conversations. But uh, you Absolutely. were talking about uh, you was talking about another thing, and then I'm, I'm gonna get off the line and let y'all speak. But. Uh, uh, you was talking about people that are in the club or people that are in various places that uh, we think we're going to go in to win Christ. Okay. First of all, when we get in the church, we have to do what? We have to set a what? Atmosphere for God to come in, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for the Spirit of God, you know I'm talking about where you just pour out the Spirit over the whole church and everything. We we go into worship. We go into praise. We set an atmosphere. So atmosphere is important in the church, right? So now you're going over into another atmosphere. Do you think you can set that atmosphere? Do you think you can change that atmosphere? Now, we may be able to speak a word, but we really can't change that atmosphere unless that works. Because the Bible tells us that except God draw a man, he can't be drawn. So a lot of people go in and they'll go into places and try to change the atmosphere of the place. And when those people, they pay the what? They paid to come in there to dance, to drink, to do whatever, you know. And I'm not saying that God can do whatever he wants to. Don't get me wrong. But many times we go into these places and we have to realize that if the atmosphere is not conducive for the word, they they really won't receive the word. Because, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, many times the atmosphere is going in a totally different direction. You can go in some churches and the atmosphere, ain't, <laughs> it ain't even right to receive the word. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, if if I can interject, if you can bring up, especially you talking about the atmosphere. Remember when you and I went to that visiting church? We were expecting a particular minister, but he wasn't there. There was a guest minister. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this this. <laughs> I don't know. If we can say that on air, but anyway. <laughs> This atmosphere This atmosphere And we're not calling no names So it doesn't matter uh, right. This atmosphere was really uh, uh, He was trying to force force A prophetic atmosphere And see in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the atmosphere Wasn't conducive For prophetic In other words The anointing Wasn't even thick enough For the prophetic But this man was trying to to uh, I guess you call it conjure up a prophetic atmosphere, and then by trying, all he did was miss the mark on every occasion. Mm-hmm. And see, and, and, and so, uh, and 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 I'll leave that at that because I want to talk about a little bit something else for those that are that are uh, that are true Christians. But he's trying to do that, and then after that, then he brought on. His what you call it entourage, mm-hmm. and they got okay. up and began to start prophesying to people, and and it just turned out into it, it was just to me it was all uh, it was just chaos. It was just mm-hmm. all chaos. Uh, but wow. what we what I want to say this though, uh, sometimes in our churches that the anointing would get thick and would get so high, right, and and the spirit of prophecy would come in, 
and 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 it'll it'll make people want to get up and say something, but they are not uh, mature in this area, or they are not skilled in this area, and and then now they did twisted the whole service because they got up and said something just to be saying something. You understand what I'm saying? Instead mm-hmm. of just yeah. knowing that you have to be you have to be skilled and you have to be trained. And, and, to, uh, and see, because the, the Bible even tells us that in the Old Testament there were schools of prophecy, you know, that they went and they learned and they trained from Elijah and all, all the way back and forth. And so I, I just said that because I see a lot of people that, that gets into service and the spirit gets high and you get excited and, and the spirit gets all over and you start opening your mouth and God said and God and then you, you begin to go off into error because you, you it really wasn't, the the words weren't really birth of God. The words was you got excited, you got you got to feel in the spirit, and so you just wanted to do something. You know, you ever seen people that sometimes they get excited in church and they get to feel the spirit, and and then they think they want to sing, and you give them the mic, and you say, Oh my God, why did we give it to them? <laughs> because some things are just it, it's gifts. The Bible calls it gifts and callings. Some things are for the Pacific people, uh, gifts and callings. And so sometimes we can get carried away and stuff, you know, in a service and, and just want to do things that we're really not ready for at that time. That's all I want to say. But I said what you said about that other service. I could go on, but I ain't going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That yeah. was all yeah. said. That was very uncomfortable. Uh, it was because I know he was searching. I know he was searching. He was listening. But uh, I'm the type of person, unless he say something, uh, that would uh, uh, call into question my character. I'll just suck it up and go sit down. <laughs> but if they, if they say something that calls into uh, question my character and, and they say it out loud, then I have to address it because you never know right. who's in the audience that know you that that are listening to this. You know what I'm saying? And so, exactly. Uh, so so uh, it, it depends on what they say to me, you know, but we're, we're in the day now where everybody wants to be a prophet, everybody wants to be a bishop, but they don't want to walk in the, in the suffering of a prophet or a bishop. See, well, they many don't want to obey prophets, the spirit. Yeah, well, many of those prophets in the Old Testament and New Spirit went through a whole lot to become prophets and bishops and all these names and titles that people want. And there's a there's a there's a prophetic anointing, and with that prophetic anointing, there's a prophetic trial and tribulation that goes with that before you get to that. But many times today, in our younger ministers, they want to skip that process and jump all the way over into the prophetic, and then see, then they become like the prophets of Baal. See, because they they didn't lay before God and really get this. This, this, mm-hmm. this. See, uh, we understand that the enemy gives us gifts too. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the, you just flip the. If you see God head on one side, you flip it over, and then the devil head on the other side. So the devils try to imitate everything that God does, so he can fool the saints. And yes, so what? So you jealous start of him. To, you, you start you start listening to it, and you say, "Oh, he sounds good. Oh, he sounds good." Yes, but he don't even have anointing enough to stay out of bed with women. So how is he? <laughs> you know, he's not a real prophet. Because the Bible tells the test of any prophet is that the, the anointing, it says the anointing what destroys the yoke. Mm-hmm. 
if a person is all yoked up, then they can't be working in anointing. Sometimes they're just working in a gift. And so we got to understand, we got to separate the gift from the anointing. And see, and so in other words, when he come out of the pulpit and when he stepped down on the ground at your level, what is he doing now? See, see, I, he might have preached a good word and it sounds good because even the devil was using scripture. He was using a whole lot of scripture with Jesus. It sounds good. But when you step down out of the pulpit or when you get through laying hands on me and you leave and go out the back door, then what are your anointing telling you this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what we have that's to do about that's why we, we that and when we look at that we won't be fooled by all these people that that the talent. See, I can go to school and learn how to play an organ. I can go to school and learn how to sing. I can go to school and study the word of God and learn how to preach. I can I don't go there's a school for everything. And so what I've developed a talent. Okay? But the one thing that you can't develop is the only way you can get this is from Nice City, the true anointing. You can only get that from Nice City. You can't get that at no school. You can't go buy it. You can't you can't you can't purchase it nowhere on this earth. It, to to get the true anointing, the anointing that destroys yokes, the anointing that brings healing, the anointing that brings deliverance, you can only get that from going down on your knees. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against school. But after you get through going to school, if you want to really want to know the real school, you got to go down on your knees and begin to cry out to God, and God will develop something up in you. You take a lot of the, a lot of some of the greatest preachers never went to theology. Uh, what's his name? The one that wrote all them books was it Wesley? Uh, 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 West, I think it's, Huh? Now his name begins with a W. He he got a college now and everything, oh, but yeah. he never yeah. went to school. He never went to school. He got all that from the anointing. Now the people that's under him now, they all of them went to college and everything. But he developed all of that from the anointing, and that's what the anointing would do. The anointing would take uh, the anointing would take somebody like Peter, the uh, and make him who he was. The anointing would take you know somebody like Matthew, Mark. You know, now Luke was a doctor. We know that, but the, we, uh, he would take people like that, and and look what the anointing would do. A true anointing would do. So you look before they got the anointing, before they got really the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they all went back to what they were doing. But when the when they went and carried into the upper room, and they really got the taste of the real anointing, look what all they did. We didn't went over our time now, so I was trying to. <laughs> Oh, you know, I can get talking and I get going. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm really. I'm enjoying every day. Yes, yes, I'm enjoying. I was just going to say the same sentiments. This, this, this yeah, is edifying. Yeah. Well, see, it, 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 and I'm, I'm going to keep going because this is what the sentiments that's in there now. Everybody's coming against the church, even the church folk coming against the church now. Oh, they hurt me. They did this. The church folks ain't no good, blah, 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 blah. And they don't realize who is the church, Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Christ Christ ain't hurt nobody. He said, up on this rock, I'll build what? My church. And the Mm -hmm. gates of hell should not prevail against it. Now, he told you that these people were going to come, they were going to do this. And he said, but if you stayed in the church, you should overcome this. But you got to say, he said, so I suffered in the flesh, arm yourself, what? Likewise. See, so what? He's telling me that 
I got to stay in the real church. I'm talking about the, the, the I'm, I'm talking about the, the Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ church, not the local church. I'm talking about the, see, we got a lot of stuff going on in the local church, but God ain't got nothing to do with that. We got we we got to get ourselves back into the real church, and that's the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that church, mm-hmm. that church is growing strong. That church is is going on. People are being blessed. They're staying in the church. Yes, we're going through some things, and we're going to continue as long as we're on this earth. We're going to continue to go through some things. But what we have faith. And and I think it was uh, Hebrews in the 11th chapter. It was talking about in the 11th chapter, I think it's around about the uh, 8th through the 13th. It, uh, it was talking about, see, a lot of us are giving up today. But in that chapter, there is, in, the, in the book of faith, in the 11th chapter, it was talking about how all these people, uh, Abraham believed God, how uh, this one believed God, and all this was counted for righteousness and this. And then it went on down, if we keep reading, it said there was many people that believed God but never received the promise. But yet they kept believing God, even unto death. And so we have to understand that a lot of times some of the things we're praying for, we may not receive it on this earth. But are we still going to believe God unto death? Are we still believing God? Are we going to throw in the towel and give up and say, well, he didn't do this for me, so I'm through, I'm gone. He didn't do that for me, so I'm gone, I'm out, I'm gone. Uh, are we just still going to believe him even unto death? No matter what, push come and shift. Yes, I didn't I didn't get my million dollars. Well, so what? Okay, I didn't get my healing. Uh, Paul had a thorn in the flesh and went on and did a whole lot of marvelous work. There's many others that were sick and kept going on. They didn't get healing, but they kept going on, and they believed God even unto death. Are we going to believe God? Just because he didn't answer your prayer, are you going to believe God unto death, or are you just going to throw in the towel and say, this ain't working so what? I'm going to quit. But we have to understand, this is place is not our home. If you keep reading that passage, it's, we are pilgrims traveling through this land. we got a home beyond the city. And, amen, and that, that city is heaven. We, we, our whole total package, it's not what we receive on earth and not what we get in our prayers, but it's what we get when we get to heaven. And I don't know about you. I want my trip to be, if it's upward, I want it to be upward. And that's what the Bible to give us the allusion uh, uh, that heaven is up in the, the heavens above. So, therefore, I have to believe that heaven is up above me. So I'm, I'm making my trip. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm binding demons in my own life. I'm, I'm, I'm casting them out in my own life. Why? Because I'm trying to make it. I don't have time for a lot of foolishness now. The older I get. When you start talking crazy, if you look to the side, I'm gone. <laughs> because I've got to try to get myself to heaven. You know, I, I just, you know, it's not that I'm antisocial. It's just, I, I just, I'm, I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of just going to church and we just sing some songs and we hear a word and we go home. But I'm, I'm trying to build myself up to, just, to see a great move of God in my life, just like in the Zulu Street, in Topeka, Kansas, and all the other areas, because I believe that in this time, this is what God is getting ready to do, and for those that would hang on to the altar and begin to keep praying and keep fasting and keep, uh, don't get distracted by what the enemy is doing, especially with all this political stuff. Just just leave that mess alone, because God ain't never been in the political uh, stuff arena in a way, because 
He understands that all of them are going to do what they're going to do, but God is going to have the last say-so in whatever it is. And so we have to just put our trust in God, get back down on the altar, begin to pray, and pray like our souls depend on it, because it do. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm out. Beautifully said. Yeah, this this is something that's that's needed. I call this fifth quarter. This is like fifth quarter where after the game you can get a chance to go to the back and be able to just kind of just meditate on how the game was and celebrate on the the good plays and then correct the mistakes of the bad plays. So this part right here, this is actually true ministering for us to be able to just feed off of one another. So I really, really, number one, to the young lady that's on the line, thank you, thank you, thank you for more than your two cents. Thank you for your work. Thank you. No, it's my honor. I mean, I wanted to learn from you guys anyways. And thank you, um, Brother Timothy Green, for even sharing your very good insight. I mean, it's directly from the Holy Spirit, and he was definitely speaking through you. So thank you for sharing your insight, too, because I was absorbing everything like a little sponge. (laughs) Trust me. Yeah, and that's why the, the the Bible used to talk about gleaming at the fields on the corners, how the poor people mm-hmm. would gleam. And that's what the Bible wants us to do is to gleam off of one another. But mm-hmm. we've entered to a church in this day to uh, we're no allow uh, we're not allowed to gleam off of one another. We are yeah, a yeah. one dimensional church where one person he, he preaches all the time and he become the rock star of the church and you know and. And if he ain't preaching and, and we ain't having service, and, you know, and, and people flock mm-hmm. and go to this uh, kind of stuff, and we don't understand that uh, we got to get back to the real church. And the real mm-hmm. church is not so much of our preaching because if you look at it, when Jesus told Peter, he said all Jesus did, he didn't say a whole lot of preaching words. He just said, come. See, it's mm-hmm. in our power. That's, 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 the, that's, that's, that's the deal of a prophet. The prophets, it's, 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 Paul said, I didn't come to you with excellent words and sound and speech, but I came to you with a gift and a calling and, and, and power and might. And see, and that's what we're lacking in the church is the power. Now all we see is people that went and studied, and they, and, they, and I mean, they preach some, uh, I love it. I mean, they preach some profound messages. I mean, they're thorough and everything. But, but when they get through, they, they don't come down out of the pulpit and let the power begin to manifest. You understand what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. either go to the back, get their check, and they're going out the back door. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's over for them. But we got to get back to letting the power and the demonstration of the gifts and the spirit become full circle in our churches again so that why? Because when the church was in its growing point, what was what were we seeing? We were seeing Jesus doing miracles, and the people were right. coming because they was inquisitive, and they were getting saved because they could see the manifestation of God working in the church. And now, mm-hmm. see, we 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 don't see too much of that anymore because we we're getting away from that. All we want is just just preach to me, preaching about a four to five minutes, and I got to go home and watch the game and. And you know, this, even though this is sunny, I, you gotta whatever you got, you gotta clean me up for just forty-five minutes, and I got mm-hmm. to go home. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. what we see today. And see, but you have you have uh, uh, if you're fifty-two years, you done done fifty-two years worth of damage to your soul, and you want the preacher to clean it all up in forty-five minutes. I don't think it's exactly. possible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Amen. 
We so, depend too much of our on our pastors a lot of times, like you said, on our preachers. Mm-hmm. We depend mm-hmm. so much on them, and we want to sit and hide behind them and say, "Oh, my pastor is this, or my pastor is that, and my pastor's name is so and so." That means they know, and you're depending so much on that pastor, you're not even doing anything for yourself. So meanwhile, you're being spiritually hungry and barely being fed. Yet, well, you're being fed on Sunday, but then you're like starving the rest of the week. And it's like, why? It has nothing to do with your pastor. Pastor could very well be on the up and up. It's just you that depend too much on the pastor, as opposed to really having almost a distraction where Satan can use that too. He's right up in the church, just like God is. He's right up in the church, like you said. He's there too. And he actually knows the Bible backwards and forwards better than most Christians. But at the same time, he actually wants to take our focus off of God and put it on that person so that we worship the pastor or worship what they do as opposed to worshiping God. And that is that's also the path of destruction as well. Yeah, and see, you know, on the flip side, that I've been to many churches that I preach, you know, and and, and they just come out and tell you, say, man, I, you know, I, I, I want to, I really want to tell with the people, you say, but, Man, if you go on forty five minutes, these people will leave. <laughs> they, they won't. They won't stay. They won't stay. And so, what did that say? That we have lost our first love. Right. It, it, you know, wow. when I grew up on Sunday, when I grew up on Sunday, many times we planned to stay at church all day long. Why? Because the enemy <laughs> was busy. The enemy was busy and, and mistreating us all week long, so we wasn't going to leave church until we got our deliverance and got our breakthrough. You know, and, and you can go over to uh, some of these other countries, Africa, and you're trying to preach 45 minutes, and they look at you like you're crazy. They'll say, okay, pastor, we're going to sit right here until you come back, go take your break and come back and preach to us some more. And some of those hours, some of those services will, will go for six, seven, 12 hours that they would just preach it until you just can't preach no more. You know, and they, they would sit there and they wouldn't leave. I mean, and they, they got, they brought their own chairs. They got, you know, those little garden chairs. You see at the garden, the plastic chairs, they bring their own chairs to the service. They pack their lunch and their dinner up under the seat, and they sit there all of that time in church. You remember in the, in the book, Paul was preaching, and he preached over, what, I think it was, I'm going to say six, but I think it was nine hours, and the man fell out the window. Paul went out and had to revive him and, and just what, wow. went right back to preaching. See what I'm saying? So so <laughs> now what? We have lost our love for the things of God. We cannot, our attention span is so short. So we, we can't even we can't even see that the enemy is trying to destroy us, and the, and the preacher want to impact your life. He want to put something in your spirit. Mm-hmm. That will help you to make it on tomorrow Because many times the, 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 the shepherd he can see Things are going to try to happen in your life And he can see them And he's trying to he's trying to offset that By putting a word in your spirit So when it comes you'll be prepared But many people are rushing the man of God And they, and they want the man of God Don't get me wrong I don't believe in staying in church When there's just a bunch of foolish and buffoonery going on right, I, right, I believe right. in the spirit of the Lord is moving I'm not going to leave until I get the full matter in my heart. And, and so, you know, but nowadays we just, we can't do it. Uh, you, 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 if, if you go over the hour, they're looking at you like you're crazy. You know, what's this man doing? Don't bring him back no more. He's he too long-winded, you know. And you, you didn't stop preaching, but you're out in the audience ministering to people, trying to encourage them and stuff like that, and they still what. We have lost that. What they say, I have an order against you because you what? You lost your first love. 
And, and mm-hmm. you go into Colossians, it says, well, think on those things that come from what? Up above. You go back uh-huh. in Matthew, the seventh chapter, what did it say? It said, uh, uh, oh, Lord, my mind is going right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness and all these things. And the Bible is telling us to seek, 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 seek. But we, we took it off and that we, we, we're not seeking anymore. We're seeking our own flesh. We're seeking our own desires. We're seeking what we want to seek. And we're doing what we want to do. And so, therefore, it's not working anymore. And then we're wondering why. It's because we've lost our first love for the church. I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, I used to, I used to chase revivals down. I used, we used to get off work on Friday evening early and run down to uh, Lafayette and run down to New Orleans and Fort Baytown, uh, all down on the Texas, on the coast, going where the fire was. Why? Because we needed that in my life. But nowadays, you got people live right across the street from the church and won't even come. Wow. I guess I'm feeling on that note. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to get back. All I'm just going to say, and I'm through, we need to get back to seeking God like never before, or the enemy is going to destroy us in this last day. Because he said, what, he comes, just kill, steal, and destroy. And then Jesus said, I come that you might have life, but you have to what? In order to have that, you have to seek that. Yeah. Go ahead, Joel. I'm out. I, I really appreciate it. We're going to have to get ready to wrap it up because um, our time is drawing out now. No. Thank, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it. We, we only have a, a, a two-hour limit at the most, but I will say this. I have two hours every day. <laughs> so we can pick it. We can pick back on it. Either tomorrow or next Sunday, but we're gonna continue. We're not gonna we're not gonna stop. It's just gonna be on pause until we continue it another day. But um, for our listener, if you have any um, last words, you're welcome to say something. I want to thank you for not just listening, but even for your words of wisdom. I really appreciate. It. I really appreciate you participating and feeding us. You know, not just myself, Minister Tim, but also to the other listeners that are listening now and also those that will be listening when it's coming on social media. So I want to tell you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Minister Tim, I want to yeah. I want to thank you. I want to I will say I will tell you this. Uh, the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing when you were when you were speaking to what was hitting on me, I'm going to say this and make it real short. Um, the main thing that was hitting on me was when it come down to the powerful move of God, like you were saying earlier, how sometimes the devil will just do things just crazy or somebody that may call you out of the blue that haven't spoke to you in a while. A lot of times, even when a powerful move of God or even when we have been fed some good, solid spiritual food that's going to help us, that's going to sustain us, to be a word, the devil gonna always try to make us regurgitate what God has placed in us. You know, it's just like just like getting a good meal, and as soon as you get good and full off some good food, next thing you know, somebody coming behind you and boom, pump you in the stomach to make you throw it up. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the same yeah, way how the devil would try to do. What say? That, that's that's his job. That's what he he, he yeah. does. You know, because he gave us that about the. 
uh, the, the the word of God, how people mm-hmm. eat it and they throw it up and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, and how some of them ate it and they was eager, but the first storm came, and you know, mm-hmm. and so that that's the enemy's job. That's what he's trying to show us that that's the enemy's job to do that, and so we have to be aware that when we get a good word or when we get anything, the enemy's trying to take that word from us. Yes, yes. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna get ready to wrap it up, and I want to thank. Uh, a listener who called in, thank you for your wisdom and thank you just for the nuggets you've given us more valuable than the two cents. But uh, thank God for her and also I want to thank uh, Minister Tim that took out the time to listen. And you know what? Um, initially, initially, um, the one of the listeners, it wasn't the young lady that called, but one of the listeners um, that has sparked the topic of um, false false advertisement. I hadn't heard from her, but God knew how and what direction this message needed to go. So I thank God for uh oh uh oh hold on. I wanted to say something. Okay, okay, there's someone someone just uh, got online that just contacted me and said they wanted to say something right quick. We're gonna we're gonna let them say something real quick and then we're gonna uh have Mr. Tim to uh close with a prayer. Hello, welcome to Rick and I'm a Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, doing great, doing great. Thank you for contacting us and uh, letting us know you wanted to be on the air. You're on the air right now with Brother Prater and also Minister Timothy Green. Yes, how you doing, Minister Tim? All right, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm sitting here. Uh, listening, I was listening in, and I said I wasn't going to say anything <laughs> at first, but uh, this conversation has really, you and the um, beautiful young lady on the line that called in as well, yes. really, really um, put some enlightenment, you know, in my in my heart, and I know that it. I'm pretty sure it did to other people as well that was listening in and, um, yes. you know, didn't, hadn't responded or anything. But I just wanted to say that I really, really appreciate both of y'all for taking the time out, you know, to to break it down the way y'all did, <laughs> you know, and once again help us to see uh, things from a different light, you know. So I want once again I wanted to appreciate y'all for that, and um, also let Brother Prayer you know I appreciate him for allowing you know people to get on and to you know, speak, uh, minister to one another, you know, to uh, encourage one another, uplift one another, and uh, point people to, you know, Christ, because we're nothing without him. But I could keep going on and on, but I know (laughs) it's a certain time you have to be off. So, but once again, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all, and keep doing what y'all doing. God bless y'all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes, and you know what? To be honest with you, that's that's what it's all about. You know, um, like you were saying, we're helpers of one another, and a lot of times, you'd be surprised. People just need a platform, and most importantly, this is a Christian podcast, and I refuse to be able to have a platform where we can't talk about Christ. You know, and especially when people are dealing with so much crisis in their life, and a lot of times, people may 
go to a church and and sometimes they may go to a church and they may have a great message, but that message may not be pertaining to their current situation. And so this is the platform that you know the Lord may may see fit to be able to really just add on to what was said. That may be able to be that rhema word or this might be the platform that somebody may receive what they didn't get, or sometimes people can't go to church because they may be at work or different situations. So, so I always say, hey, look here, um, this is the opportunity. How if the devil try to block you from making it to church in the morning time, hey, you can go to the podcast, but you can be fed in the evening time. Yes. Yeah. So I I thank each and every one who listened in and who called in. Thank you all. And also um, to the young lady, feel free to call at any time. We welcome your call. And also what we want to do, um, we want to set the opportunity. Uh, Minister Tim, there might be somebody that may be listening who may not be saved. Someone who, you know, we've been talking about Jesus Christ um, all throughout the evening, but, you know, just in case you want to know how can they get saved, you know, can you can you uh, talk to them about um, Jesus Christ and how to get saved? And also, if you don't mind uh, leading us in a prayer. Sure, we got it. We got you. We got you covered. The Bible tells in Romans 10, 9, um, and uh, you just read it whenever you get in, in, in your time or your study, those that are out there, if you don't have a Bible, uh, I just say that you go to your uh, local church that has Bible that uh, believes in the Bible, and, and so you can com- promote your Christian growth. But it tells you if you're out there tonight, and if you're tired of being tired, and you're sick of being sick, and you you want to come over into a new way of life, and you want your uh, freedom in your life, uh, uh, God loves you, and he cares about you. He loves you even more than you love yourself. God don't want to hurt you. He don't want to harm you. But he wants you to stop doing the things that are harming yourself. And so all you have to do is tonight, if you if you believe in Lord Jesus Christ, and if you confess him, the Bible said that you must go out and confess him to men. He said, if you're ashamed of the, to acknowledge me before men, I'll be ashamed to acknowledge you before my father. So you have to acknowledge him. Just confess and say, Lord, I want you as my Savior. I ask that you forgive me of all of my sins. I want you to come into my heart, and I want you to come in and deliver me right now. And 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 then after you do this, just go find your local church to go in and get into, and and to go. If you have a, if you're in the Dallas area, uh, there's Pastor Logan at True Believers. Just look it up. You can find it on the internet and website and all of that. And uh, just go uh, to a church if you're in Fort Worth. There's many churches in Fort Worth and, and where have you, Grand Prairie, uh, all over. But just find your local church, and we're going to continue to pray right now. Father, we thank you for this service. We thank you for this online uh, radio uh, show, uh, and I call it a service because we've had a beautiful time in the Lord tonight. We pray that thousands will be saved by the drove because of this word tonight and that thousands will know that they are loved by you. And, Father, we, our heart is after souls. Our heart desires after to seek those that are lost. And, Father, we love them wherever they are. No matter what you're doing right now, Christ loves you. 
those that might be contemplating suicide. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your purpose is not aborted. Your purpose is not aborted. God still has a plan for your life, and he loves you. All you've got to do is to, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Father, we come against any spirit that would override the spirit of God and the will of God in your people's lives tonight. And we, we bind it, rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask that you would have your way. We ask that you would have your way in every all of our lives. We ask that there's things in our lives, Father, that you would take out, Father, and increase your spirit in us right now. And we thank you for this show. We thank you for the host. We pray that your blessings will come his way. We pray you for the young lady that called in, the two young ladies that called in. We pray that continued blessing would come their way, Father. We pray that, Father, that you would you would help them in whatever area in life that they're struggling in right now. Father, you'd be their comforter to them right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it right now. We pray for all the families. We pray for this region right now that we're in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth region. We pray that the, the enemy will, the, will remove his hands off of the people of God right now and off of those that want to be saved. And we pray that for the, the backsliders will come back to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for all of your blessings. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. We thank each and every one who listened, who called in. Thank you for your uh, listening ears, your praying hearts. Thank you for your your words, your wisdom, your comments, your nuggets. I want to thank uh, Minister Tim Green, um, my godfather, my my friend, and um, I want to thank you. You've been such a blessing, you and uh, the young lady that was on the phone. Uh, great blessings to me this day. And funny thing, funny thing, I see why the devil wanted to stop this particular show. We had a couple of complications uh, as I was setting up, but I thank God. God got the victory. So I thank you. I thank those who listened in. I want to ask you all to continue to keep us in prayer. And for those who are uh, want to keep in contact. Feel free to catch me on Facebook on Brother Prater. You can uh, catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater, P-R-P-R-A-T-E-R. You can read my daily devotions and videos, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions, the upcoming events, and personal appearances. And also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to, <clears throat> excuse me, A Few Good Men was written to um, the men to be able to help them to know the responsibilities and the needs towards their family, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother, or to inform the women the needs of a man and also to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and our father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to the show. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you and good night.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.